Welcome to Soul Chat, a platform created by Queens Recognize Queens to help bring out the queen in you and helping you master yourself holistically. We aim to be the light at the end of the tunnel with topics and guests that speak to your soul. So join us as we take you on an epic journey with powerful people sharing powerful stories and tools to bring out the best in you. Hey, everybody, welcome to another wonderful, amazing episode of Soul Chat. I know y'all haven't heard from me for a couple of weeks, but you know, I'm always putting out great stuff anyways. And uh, I came across this amazing soul that I have here with me today by the name of Chad Black. He is author and also an author, the author of The Power of Being Alone, which I read the whole book. It's amazing. I definitely encourage you on getting it. I'll, I'll put all the links for y'all to follow and, 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 and just, just get in touch, okay? So um, y'all know I always start these conversations and I, and I start with people's bios and then I say, who are you? So this, this, this guest is amazing because he cut all of that work out for me. He just, he cut it all out. I don't even have to do that. I don't have to read a bio, but I will tell you a little bit about him based off of his Instagram. Okay. So welcome the amazing Chad Black. He is a content creator, vibe curator, a whole vibe. Okay. Thought stimulator, visionary, and content producer. So in your own words, and I love that you don't have a bio because I change my bio all the time, which this is why I always ask people, who are you? Because my bio is always changing. Like I might be a mindset coach. I might be a something the next day, next year, I might be something else. You never know. Just whatever I decide to be, that's what I am. So welcome so much to this podcast. This podcast is really about creating conversations that are deeper than the surface level stuff right? So um, just backstory real quick, me and Chad connected on Clubhouse. Uh, there was a Clubhouse and uh, I don't even know who he followed that he got him in there, but I was in there and we ended up having just an amazing conversation. There were probably about four of us in there total, maybe five. There weren't many of us, but I'm telling you that conversation was so wonderful, so wonderful, so enlightening, so empowering, just the connections that were made and the vibes that were created in that small space of time was just really amazing. And I was sharing with him before starting this, that this is how great, uh, friendships are built and connections and relationships when you're able to be vulnerable and that's why I really love clubhouse because you're not looking at someone and judging them you're just like you hear the voice and I and, and Chad was just on fire which is like breaking different things down so we're going to get into some of those things today and I'm sure he's going to inspire something amazing in all of us um so Chad welcome to the podcast thank you so much for saying yes that was the most longest most beautiful introduction ever <laughs> I'm so honest to be here thank you so much I don't know what to say, but thank you. It's just, I don't know, great affirmations and things like that always make me like male Kegel, but I'm excited. Thank you. Oh, yes. Yes. So tell us who are you in your own words? I know you have like short, sweet to the point, but like, who are, who are you? I mean, I'm a, a child of God first, I guess. I think that's so so politically, religiously to say, you know what I'm saying? But um, Praise God. Praise God. Let's just soak that in. Yes. <laughs> I'm a husband. I'm a father. You know, a person who who believes that, you know, even in your most minimal, you can have an impact. So I'm just a person who just, I'm just a, and one of the most important ingredients to the pot. I'm just a central, a central worker for life, a vibist. That's it. Like, uh, I know a lot about a little bit, which is good because it has me in a lot of different rooms. But I, I don't know, like it's like that's one of the hardest things in the world is to tell people about yourself because you look at yourself as being more 
but I don't know. I'm just a vibe. It's just a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that. And I, I really appreciate um, and I appreciated your take on like that perspective, like that breath of fresh air. I think we need that, right? Because you get in, the, to me, the bios and the introductions are so stiff. Like I was part of a networking event and I was, at the time I was actually driving. So I was like in route. I wasn't able to be um, stationary. So I had my friend in the car and while everybody's giving their bio of like who they are, like you could feel like in, in the car where we were, my head started to hurt. She was just like, like the energy just got real stiff, you know what I'm saying? And it it really just sometimes I think um, causes people to shrink or expand in a bigger, you know, so like big headed to, to in, in, um, not in proportion to like from a space of love. So I feel like when you show up, it's just like this groundedness of like, I just am who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Welcome to the chat. Welcome to the stage, chat black. Please introduce who you are. And you're just like, hi. Okay, drops mic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's tough being in those type of rooms, right? Like, just like if you're not first, you're like in the middle. So now you're just taking from what other people are saying. It's like, oh, they they, they do that. They do. Oh, I gotta add it to mine. Oh, I shouldn't say. So now you're like stealing. Like I think when somebody says, "Who are you?" and there's six people in front of you, you need to know who you are before the first person even speaks, because mm-hmm. that pressure of being in the room it makes you shrink or it makes you get to a point where you become too big and you're like, "Oh, I do this and I do that just to compete." And that's that self-conscious and that conscious that takes over. So I just try to just stay who I am. Yeah. So I, I did hear a little bit about you in the clubhouse. I know you had talked about like you're, you know, quitting a job. That was a dope story. You talked about in your book, you talk about actually um, experiencing COVID, right? And being in the hospital in isolation. So we'll definitely get into that. I don't know if that, you know, I feel like your story probably began way before that. So I just want to hear a little bit about like your foundation of this groundedness. Cause I know for me, I've had a lot of God moments where God is like, Ev, sit down. Let me, let me teach you. Let me, let me, let me learn you. Right. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So what, like, where does this foundation, where does that begin for you? Did you grow up religious? Like, where does that sense of like, I am? Cause that's really what it is. Where, where does that come from for you? That's a great question because, and, and none of my answers are always going or ever going to be like straight to the point, super basic. I don't know. I literally could say that with confidence and be okay with it because it's like, you have your structure from your mom, you have your structure from your dad. And those two together can make you who you are, but they can have that same exact structure with your brother and they don't turn out the same. Mm-hmm. So life experiences, my mother, my father, um, wanting to be better. Like, I think you, you, I was able at a young age to say, I don't wanna grow up like this versus I wanna be like this. I've, I've, I've seen a lot, of, a lot of bad stuff that I can recognize the outcome. Like, I'm not the person that can see a person do really, really well and then fall flat on a face and then say, I can do it the same way. I'm not that way. So I think essentially I like to, Snoop Dogg said it when he got his uh, his walk of a star. He's like, I would like to thank me. I would like to thank me. I, like to thank me. I really want to say, I want to thank me. It's all me in a sense, God and me. You know what I mean? Because I still have choices and I still had choices to do things, but like, I don't know. I have a good heart and I don't want to do anything bad where it's hurting people or hurting myself. So with those, having that as my overall intentions inside, I think that's what keeps me grounded and safe. Cause I don't want to mess up. I, I want to stay even killed. And I don't want you to have the power over me by me saying things. If you call, if you're a white person 
and you call me a racial slur, I'm not going to call you a racial slur back because I know for a fact, if you decide to apologize in life, I'm going to have to apologize too. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather let you say what you say and let you buy that and let it be a point where it's my responsibility, it's my choice to say if I accept your apology or not, because I didn't do nothing wrong. And that would hurt you more than it would hurt me. You spit on my face right now, Eb, I'm just going to be like, damn, that's crazy. And I'm going to wipe it off and I'm going to keep walking. And that walking, that fear factor walk that I do slow, it's going to be slow-mo. It's going to be like slow-mo. And you're going to be like, God damn it, why did I do that? I don't want to say I'm sorry. So that keeps me, that keeps me chill and keep me calm and keep me resolved. Mm. As you were saying that, it's so funny. It took me back to an experience where, not to get too biblical, but I really do love the teachings of Jesus. I don't really claim any specific thing because I think that anytime you try to put a label on something, you lose the essence. So it really taught, there's points in life that taught me about like what it really meant to turn the other cheek, you know, and I think a lot of times pride and ego get in the way of like turning the other cheek, but it's like turning the other cheek is such a signal of great mastery. And that's what you represent, right? I've mastered myself where, you know, uh, there's a, there's a affirmation that a woman that she, she says, you know, I'm not going to match your energy because I'm more sacred than that. Mm. So as you said that, I was like, yes, like that to me is turning the other cheek. I'm more sacred than that. Right. And it's going to hurt you more to realize you, you hurt me. And the fact that I didn't respond is going to stick out in your mind forever. Right. And I love that you said, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was listening. No, I just love that you said, um, you know, that, that it's going to, you know, if you do it back, then you got to apologize. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that just makes me think of like relationships where you do get in that ego back and forth and mean things. And, um, you know, there was a moment in stepping away from my relationship where I had a moment where I just like snapped and I, and I literally felt like God, everything in me, like, I just like, I slept on it and everything in me felt so bad. And I literally was saying to myself, Ev, if you died today, would you be proud of that? Like that, would you be proud of that? And I had to apologize and be like, you know what? I am just so sorry. Like from the depths of my soul, I don't know if you'll ever forgive me. And the words that I said were so mean, but I am so sorry. I am so- Look at the impact of that though, right? Mm. He did something or she did something or whatever. Somebody, whatever relationship you were talking about, they did something that made you feel compelled to say or do whatever you did right Mm -hmm. so now that you're sleeping on it you're thinking about it Mm -hmm. you're so mad about it that you acted in this way so you go back and you apologize Mm -hmm. you apologize and takes away from what they did it gives them a way out what he whether it was infidelity or whatever you had the right to be upset you did not have the right to have those actions and that reaction so when you apologize you gave him the power to be like ah I got away with murder. I'm not letting you get away with none of that. You're going to have to hold on to what you did because I'm not going to give you those reactions. going to take away. Because what is it? The word you can't say the wronger word, but like you do something wrong. I can do something wronger, but the person who does something wronger is more wrong than the person who did something wrong. So for every action, there's a reaction and your reaction was worse than what I did. And it gets away from what I did. I slapped you, but you didn't pull this knife out and stab me 16 times. Was what I did just enough for that to be warranted? We don't know because you messed up. And it's like, dang, I know I messed up. Arguing with my wife. I said, shut up. She said, shut up. <laughs> dang, I lost. It's yeah. over. And, and you said one more thing. You said something about mastery. And some people don't understand the, how, how important it is to be at that level because everybody's not at your level. 
my wife and I were in Atlanta last month in January and we went to this club and we were with her friends and it was a couple guys there with us and it was her girlfriends. We were in our uh, section, I guess that's what you call it, I don't know. And this dude from across the room was like walking towards like my wife, but like past her. And one of the guys that was with us was like, you see that, you see that? He tapped me, I'm like, what? I was like, yeah, he just stuck his tongue and was like licking his tongue up and down at your wife. I was like, all right. He was like, what? He's like, we will, let's, let's. And I'm like, no, fool. first of all, we're in Atlanta. I don't live here. I'm not from here. It's 40 of those dudes. They all got on red. Obviously they're part of some type of gang or something like that, right? But the key is to be able to think forward and be able to not just assume, but to reflect on what can happen. He's a man, I'm a man. If I make myself feel disrespected, I'm giving him the power to let him know that there are some insecurities with me. Who I should be mad at is my wife if she licks her tongue back. That's mm-hmm. my problem because I know back in the day, I wouldn't have cared if somebody was married or not. So I'm not going to indulge in a, a opportunity for B for me to get beat up or dragged out of the club or hurt or throwing bottles, catching COVID again for a short-term satisfaction of my ego and my heart. I know my wife, I love her. If she decides she wants to go over here, that's not her decision. You ain't stopping nobody from being with somebody if they don't want to be with. So my thought process is, I feel vindicated or I feel excited that my wife looks good enough for you to even stick your tongue out. So I'm good. Let's keep drinking this Fiji water and have a good time. Right, right. Where did you develop that? Like you just hit me with that, and I and I and it's so funny that you said it. It makes the person feel vindicated, and like you know, they, they you let them loose on what they've done. And I've kind of seen that just in like you know being not together, and you know as I'm moving on and happy and healthy and wealthy and all those things. There's still these sometimes discussions that try to surface of like putting blame on me like well you did this and you did that and it's like it, it, and I know I can't really go there because it's like well but it makes me see how maybe in those moments I've allowed um the perpetrator in a way to to get away with being a perpetrator and not holding them accountable in a way that's um empowering if that makes sense so as you were saying that I was like damn is that why we keep having them discussions because I really don't even take part in them anymore but it kills me to not be able to say something because I just know I can't because it's not you know when you know someone can't meet you at that level I feel like there's a certain point where it just has to be like I love you let's just raise our kids like I don't know what else to tell you <laughs> you know so you like where you teacher. say that again you can't be everybody's teacher Mm. especially when you know that it's going to drain you like there has to be some type of perception or some type of assumption there that you have like I can hope or I got a threshold like I'm gonna go this far with pushing to to show him or show her Mm. if I feel some type of resistance or strength I'm going to say restraint I'm going to say okay this is not my job to teach you you need to learn this from somebody else Mm. because at the end when you're like I feel like you can be a teacher or you you have teacher characteristics to help people and motivate people from the conversations that we've had thus far. There is a time where you have to realize that your, your best just isn't good enough and you have to be okay with that because you know your heart and your intentions. Mm-hmm. I tried my best has to be enough at some point. Yes. And knowing yourself, like I'm not going to keep overindulging myself to try to explain something to you that you're not ready to understand. For sure. Cause it's going to make me like my hat is going to blow off. I'm going to be like, what is a noodles water? So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's totally what motivated me stepping away is to know, you know, really just looking at energy and knowing like, 
if I've watered this thing and if I've tended for this thing and if I've tried everything to, to, to cultivate this seed of love, you know, at some point, you know, if I'm not reaping a harvest, you know, what is that showing me? And I think, you know, when I talk about, when we talk about healing and I would love to just hear like where you learn, just, I almost feel like, where did you learn? And did you learn that concept in relationships and trying to get people to get, see your point of view? Did you learn that in business? Um, because for me, it was just like, I was able to do that anywhere else. So anywhere else, if there was like this energetic discrepancy where there's like this friction of like, it ain't working. Like whether it's a job, you talked about it with you being at a job where you just feel that like, ugh, like, I just want to go, I just want to go over here and do this. You know, we have the fears of, of, of why we can't um, and why it'll fail and all the, the, the negative thinking. Um, but when it came to the personal relationship, it took me over 12 years, which I had already known, you know, like it wasn't working. Um, but it took me so long to really just really get it, get it. Um, and that's what propelled me to just be like, okay, this is, this is enough because I'm, I'm being depleted of my energy and my, um, my ability to, to bring life to just anything, because I'm over here pouring so much energy into this, this thing that's not growing. Um, and I had to be like real with that. So where were you able to really get that lesson? Like really get it and like embody it. Like, okay. I'm not everyone's teacher. Uh, when you become like, I guess <clears throat> I know you. I, I know you experienced this, and this is my assumption. But I know you experienced a time where you feel like you're talking to yourself when you're talking to somebody. Mm -hmm. And like, like, this is a thought I read this somewhere, and I don't realize. I think Charlemagne book. I, I, I would say I'm gonna give it to Charlemagne. Uh, uh, what is the name of the damn book? Uh, Black privilege opportunities come to those who create them. And in that book, he talks about it being 7.8 billion people in the world. And I had to understand that, like, if I had a book or a car or something that I was selling wholesale or something like that, that no matter how good the product was, I wasn't going to be able to sell it to 7.8 billion people. You have to understand that there are target markets. And when I used to do music management, I used to do management. We used to follow one of my artists. We used to really follow J. Cole's, like how he did business. And he wasn't worried about selling his albums to a thousand million hundred people. He was worried about putting it to his target audience. So my job now is I'm going to give what I have to the people who want it. And then I'll suggest it. And then when I suggest it to you, it's up to you to come back and say, remember what you said to me the other day? Can you give me more information on that? So if I plant the seed, the tree will grow by itself, not trying to force a tree to grow. I can't force you to do it. And I learned that also with my kids. It's like, to my kids, I'm the corniest dude in the world, but to a neighbor's son or to a cousin or something like that, I'm like a goat. So for sure. <laughs> I'm not for everybody. And I got to be okay with that. And you learn that lesson, even in any book that I'll ever write, that I'll ever write, I promise you, there will always be a lot of analogies because that's how I like to write the analogy is I might not be the best dad for, every, for all my kids so I feed my kids with different utensils but I might not be for everybody and I'm okay with being in a room where people don't like me and I learned that in the 40, 40 laws of power you should have people work for you that you know don't like you I'm not there yet. everybody everybody not gonna like me and it's always gonna be something somebody's gonna say so knowing that I'm very reserved that I know what I'm saying is good, is good intention. So if you like it, you'll love it. If you don't, you don't, it's cool. I'm good with that. And I'm not going to boil oodles and noodles water as I keep saying 
to try to convince somebody because it might not be my job to be their teacher. Mm. I love that. I love that, especially when you say with children, because, um, you know, I just think we once we start breaking away from these, what you're doing here is I feel, you know, and you this is why you're a thought a thought leader is because, you know, we have to break away from the perceptions that keep us hostage. Mm. <laughs> is that a pause now? Like what? Right. So when we, um, as you're saying these things, you know, it's just, it just, it just is like a reminder of like, Eb, you know, cause with some of my, you know, with all of my kids really, um, to a degree, you know, you could see when it's just like, it's just this friction and it's like, you know, um, as parents, we, we have these perceptions of um, teaching them and wanting them to whatever, you know, and, and a lot of times it comes out what you said, which is like force opposed to just plant the seed, walk away, <laughs> plant the seed and walk away. Um, and, they, and they might not like you, you know what I'm saying? And it's cool. But um, uh, you know the vibes about this book, you know the vibes. Yes. Yes, actually, you know what? I have this one. So this is the one I actually, well, it's not here. It's on my other one, but The Mastery of Love. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know he wrote that one. Um, I got to see the fifth agreement too. Really? There's a fifth agreement? I just found out. I got it today, but I'm going to send it to you. Really? Oh, thank you. So that's actually like almost a Bible to me helping people also heal and change your perspective. So why did you bust that out? <laughs> because in that book, it talks about, um, I'm a terrible reader and I'll, I'll get better reading it at one day, but it says, and it, it reminded me of what you said about our children. It says, we are told you're a good boy or you're a good girl. And when, uh, when we do what mom and dad wants us to do, when you don't, we are a bad girl or a bad boy. When we, when we went against the rules, we were punished. When we went along with the rules, we were rewarded. We are punished many times a day, and we are also rewarded many times a day. So we become afraid of being punished and also afraid of not receiving the reward. The, re- the reward of attention is that we got from our parents. So basically, what he's saying is nobody could make you feel worse than you make yourself feel. So like we want all of these things for our kids, but then you think about what you were just saying. It's like, why do we want these things for our kids? Is it power? Is it our fears? Is it our indiscretions? Is it our, is, you know, our limitations? So like, how do you parent the right way? Obviously there's no blueprint, but there has to be an understanding where you recognize that you're raising your kids the exact way you didn't want to be, a ra- be raised. There has to be brackets. And this is how I, my perception of it. There has to be brackets of like the non-negotiables. Then the openness, and then them let them figure it out. Mm. Why do I want to check my daughter's phone? Because I don't want my daughter to be no fat or or or, or very. Uh, I'm going to say uh, very fluid with her, <laughs> with her, you know, who has or whatever. I don't mm. want that because of my fears. Because I don't want my daughter to be a hoe, and I don't want to walk down the street and be like, "Yo, there's another little girl right there." That's all for me. What about her? Maybe she won't be like that. Like my job is to facilitate and allow her to be her and try to help her to figure it out because I don't have all the answers and I don't want her I don't want her or my sons to be me I want them to be them but I just want to help them so if my son says that I want to pick up a camera I'm going to go buy your camera hmm. want to do braids if she wants to do makeup she's been doing makeup on her face she was terrified of me the other day uh, fast story I come in the house she see me she starts trying to run up to where you going so she comes down the steps she's like this 
So I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, oh, nothing, 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 nothing. She's covering her face. And I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, nothing, nothing. I'm like, come here. So now I'm starting to see like these, this rosiness on her cheeks. And she's 12, by the way. So I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, literally like hiding her face. I'm like, for real, Snake, like, tell me what's wrong. Like, what's going on? So I look at her face. I'm like, you look amazing. Like, you look great. Like, this really looks good. Like, I'm thinking as a dad, you don't want your daughter wearing makeup because that means that they're about to be on the corner in Vegas, right? It doesn't mean that. <laughs> but these are the things that I'm putting on my daughter that's unfair. She probably don't even have an idea to that. With me, telling, me telling her what I'm scared of by just saying, don't do this, don't do that. It make her want to go be a call girl. Mm. Work as something like look beautiful. And just to hype her up. She really was like, Do you like to do makeup? She said, Yeah. And when she would talk to our therapist, we was talking to our therapist, she changed what she wanted to do. She wants to be an entrepreneur. So I just want them to just feel free to do whatever they want. And I'll be there to help them as best as I can. Because when they fall and hit their head, I can't stop the pain from hurting. They gotta go through that. And that's typically what it is. I am just a vessel. If I sit here trying to be in control, I'm really trying to reincarnate resurrection and reincarnation to basically bring another me into the world before I die and come back. I can't do that. I don't want that power. Don't want that power. Because guess what? When I was a kid, if I was on punishment and I wanted to see my girlfriend that I wasn't supposed to have, I was going to see it. It was going to be on the day that I asked, dad, I got basketball practice and went to basketball practice at five o'clock and went to her house or didn't tell my dad I was getting out of school early and did it there and was sneaking. Why do you, I don't want you to sneak. So let's, all of these things are a part of life. And this is what I had to learn and teach myself just trying not to get, my daughter had a period since she was 10 years old. So scientifically, you do your research, you know that that's going to cause hormones, that's going to cause these feelings, these urges. doesn't mean that you are, uh, you know, sexually motivated. It just means that you're a person. We all have, we all get erect or something like that at some point it's a part of life so i can't assassinate my daughter for having things that are natural to her and i don't want to take that from her. i feel like i was super long-winded i'm sorry no that was not long-winded at all i'm sure somebody received that i know i did because it's always you know i think you know with anything just life in itself you know there aren't rule there aren't rules but there are principles that i think are universal and i think you know as we obviously uncover our fears our desires our um really fears really more than anything we see how we parent in a way of fear right mm -hmm. i don't want this even just you know i was listening to a conversation of someone saying the other day uh just just I'm just sharing their fears with me. And I'm like, we got to just switch this conversation because that's not going to help anybody win. You know, we have to really, you know, sometimes just in, you know, it's like when you, you, you place a fear on a child. It's like my son, I remember going through a car wash with him and only until my daughter said to him, he was fine, but until she said to him, and I think we do this as parents, we put thoughts there that aren't there for them. Um, you know, and I said, she said to him, are you scared? And all of a sudden he was like, nervous and he's like holding her hand and I'm like he wasn't afraid though mm -hmm. and when he's with me and no one else is in the car he's cool because he you know it's just water like the car is getting a shower it's cool you take a shower too right so you know it just also made me just embody and try to be a lot more aware of and you would think I'm aware but we're all just doing our best right especially as parents I'm a mom of four you know now co-parent mom of four thank you so um I've noticed that. So I started laughing when you said, just because she wear makeup don't mean she gonna be, you know, on the corner in, in Vegas. But it's like, literally, that's where your thoughts go. And if you're aware enough, you know that when you're telling them, you know, for me, let's as an example, I don't want my daughter on TikTok. So instead of like, 
not allowing her to be on TikTok. I could allow her to be on TikTok, but set the necessary parental controls to where, you know, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you think about that, but there's just like certain things for me that I'm like, I don't want them on these social media apps where they they have so much available to them that's mindless or that's, you know, that I just, in my house, I'm like, you're just not on it. But meanwhile, all their friends have it, you know, as 11 and 12 year olds, even younger, you know, there's seven, six year olds who have TikTok and a whole cell phone and a whole Instagram and a whole Facebook, you know? So sometimes I feel like they feel like for me as a mom, I'm super strict and I'm like, you know, I don't let them do anything. That's intense. I'm going through the same thing. And, and, and <laughs> at where I'm at right now, I'm a, maybe a little bit, I, 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 I'm not even classified to say if I'm further, farther than you, but I just went through that maybe two months ago, but there's a lot of woosah and it's like, I tell her she can't have an Instagram, right? And then it's like, she's like, okay. And we got it where like, if she need an app, she has to get it authorized by us and it comes to my phone then I can approve it if she can have an app or not. So mm -hmm. we started that. And then now it's like, they're gonna do whatever they wanna do. And I understand the thing for me with the social medias, her being young, you can't unsee what you saw. And so much unsolicited stuff that comes up, you can't forget what you just saw that you wasn't supposed to see. Right. And that's one of the biggest dilemmas that her mother and I have, but it's like, she used her school iPad and log in through, through the iPad and go to Instagram.com, just don't have an app. And she just go on there, log in. And I go on there and I find out she got 30 posts and she's saying stuff that I wouldn't have. And she got her middle finger up. Then we realize the choices that your kids make isn't and always aren't indicative to who you are as a person, right? Because mm. when I first seen a picture, she had her middle fingers up. I'm like, I never tore her that. She knows better than that. What are people going <laughs> to think about me? About... But these are choices that she made because she knows right from wrong. I think a goal, uh, the goal, the goal, and the job as a parent is to maybe make, to to sh to be able to show your kid early how they can differentiate right and wrong. If they can get to a point where I'm Muslim, right? But I used to be Christian. So I know at 12 years old, you're accountable for your own sins. So when you do what you do and you know that it's wrong, it has nothing to do with me. And we have to understand the level of influence. It's like, I got 50 friends and 50 of my friends got TikTok or Instagram and I don't. How do I think as a dad that these 50 friends can't coerce some type of crazy strategic plan to make sure that she gets one? Right. 50 right. stronger than one. I don't care who Leonidas was in 300. It was 300 of them, but they all died, right? At some point. Right. I can't win that. And I know the power of friends. I was ready to fight my dad when I was 10 years old because he told me wrestling was fake. All my friends knew wrestling was real. Undertaker, I say this all the time. Undertaker and Kane were brothers. They, they, they mom and dad died in the fire and Paul Bearer had to earn. They all was friends. And this is how like this is fake. I wanted to fight him. Right. So... Right. I'm not going to get to that point. My job is just to keep talking to you and let you know. And I hope to the point that what happens in life that I told you so thing isn't detrimental to your life. And that's all you can do. That's mm -hmm. all you can do. Because mm -hmm. they'll come back around. You know it. Kids flip. Son is a daddy's boy. Then two years later, he's a mama's boy. He want to be around his mom all day. And then it's back. It goes back and forth. But as a mm -hmm. good parent, your kid will come back around. Your mm -hmm. kid will come back around. And that's mm -hmm. it. You can't control everything, mom. For sure, for sure. And also remembering, you know, um, that let it go and that surrender of just like, you know what, 
Like there's days where I'm on them like, nah, you got to pick that up. You got to like, I, I'm not Cinderella, you know? And then there's some, certain days where I'm like, just chill, just let them be, you know? Cause then it gets like, I'm, I'm picking, right? Um, you know, but also being intentional and at, at the very least knowing they're going to do whatever they do, but at the very least, you know, what I think with parents is, is really important is like not giving up on them and not also, you said something really important, their actions don't represent you. And I think that's the biggest thing that causes us to be so controlling, mm-hmm. right? Is that they do something and you're like, oh my God, what are people going to think about me? Like, actually, I got a letter in the mail the other day saying my daughter didn't show up to three days of virtual school, you know, and I'm like, sis, if you want to skip school, can you at least let me know? Can I be in the green? You know what I'm saying? Like, can we skip together? Like, you can't be skipping and mommy don't know. I don't want to get no letter. And I'm over here looking at you like, yo, sis, we could have skipped together. Why you ain't just tell me like you was having a hard day. I get it. I get it. I'm tired of Zoom, sis. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to chastise you. And I'm like aware of the pressures you feel and also the type of child you are. You like to be around other people and you don't like being online you it, it gets to your mental health and your well-being so I'm not gonna chastise you but could you let me know sis like if you want to skip please let me know let's have this conversation you know you can see her guard like went down and she's like laughing about it I'm like I'm serious though I want to know when you're skipping because maybe we could have went and did something if I would have known you wasn't really on your zoom you know so it just was it, that was a beautiful reminder honestly for me especially in co-parenting because then it gets 10 times more difficult because this person's doing this this person's doing that you know and you try to have a cohesiveness but I think sometimes in separation there's all these other fears that come up of like being the better parent or every time they're over here they get gifts and candy and chocolate and this stuff so it's like then when they're over here it's just like you know so I I've, I've just been in a space of like surrender like you know what I'm doing my best, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and whatever. I, I know that I will never give up on them, and I will never stop speaking life over them. Um, but in the same breath, there's a there also is that that level of surrender. So I want to get into your book because we have to get into your book. It's short, it's sweet, it's to the point, um, which I love. I didn't get to catch the whole thing, but I call a, I caught a short snippet of um, maybe it was one of your readers you were interviewing who said, were they on the IGTV with you saying, she's like, I got a 200 page limit. She's like, in your book, <laughs> she's like, people just drag it out. And I could not stop thinking about her today when I was reading the book. And I'm like, people really do drag it out. I don't necessarily mind it because I love stories and I love analogies, but yours was a very to the point. So you talk about being experiencing COVID and the different things that you learned. Um, so for me, it just seems as though I call them God moments where it's just like God just be coming in your life and just boom. And you just like become so uh, transformed that you're just never the same after that experience. So it seems like for you, that was one of those experiences. Obviously you came out writing a book. You came out swinging like, oh my gosh, I got to tell people about this. Um, But then I also felt like some of it was so um, simple that it, it reminded me of the simplicity of, of life itself. And how life is really just that simple. Like one of your first things was like drink water. (laughs) Like simple, right? It's simple. Like you don't think about water as that. Like, like me being Muslim, when you when you pray, like we pray five times a day for salat, right? So when you pray, you have to purify your body, which is called wudu. So when you make wudu, you're taking water, you're rubbing your face, you're rubbing your mouth. you inha- uh, inhaling water into your nose and out your mouth, your ears, your toes, your body parts, different things like that to make yourself purify and cleanse to even be able and capable to pray to God, right? You just got to be clean. You can't be having dirty fingernails. It's just a different level of prayer when you're talking to God, right? Mm-hmm. But it's water. Like you're like, 
water doesn't clean you for real. You still can smell like onions, but it purifies and it's so pure. And I realized that was like, I'm peeing or urinating or however you would say it politically correct for your listeners. And like, it's gold. It's like apple juice. And I'm like, wow. And then all I could have is water because they had me on this strict restricted renal diet where I couldn't really eat anything. And I basically it was only giving me fluids and water. And I'm drinking this water and I just keep drinking it. And I just keep drinking it. And I'm pouring into myself. I'm pouring, 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 pouring. And I'm peeing now and it's like clear. It's like, I'm, it's, like it's coming out and going out again. And I'm just like, mm. wow, this is life. Water is essential, right? Water is life. So like, then I had drank a red plum Nantucket, which has been my favorite juice probably since I was probably in middle school. Mm-hmm. And I'm drinking it and I can taste like the beads of sugar in my mouth. Like, wow, this tastes so, like this is diabetes right here. I'm for sure it is. Mm. The only reason I was able to really recognize it is because I purified myself with good things. I was pouring good things into me. She's like, thank you pouring good things into you like water. It's clearing up my face and my face is not oily. I'm not getting bumps. I'm going to the bathroom regularly. Everything is good. Then I drink this juice and it's just like, so when you pour into yourself you start to be able to differentiate what's good for you and what's bad for you if you always putting bad stuff into you you can't recognize the difference you eating bad food all the time somebody put a piece of pork in your food you would never know because that's all you got you around nothing but toxic stuff clean my body out cleansed it i don't drink juice drink water and that's life like now you can't be around me because you're not water you like soda ew you an energy drink you so hype you want to party you want to be this red bull but you you're really not good for me you hyping me up for this night I'm, I'm so hype i'm never going to sleep and then i crash and then i'm asleep for the next day because i let somebody who's toxic in my life so i only want to be around water so that was the analogy no, yeah. And that's so funny because my audience knows I love analogies. I got analogies for everything. So I'm like, let me break it down. This is the vision I had. So this is how it looks to me, like just to make make it make sense. And that's actually one of my books that's going to come out later in life. Just visuals, like just get the visual, because when we see the visuals, we can we you can't unlearn that. And you can't you just have to remember that when you're going through things. But even as you were saying that, I'm thinking of our thoughts. Right. And if you you know, a lot of people, I guess, for those of us who who do think about what we think about which sounds crazy right like do you think about what you think about they're like no I just think like what you mean think about what I think about I think when you say it to people people are like what what you mean think about what I think about it kind of makes you sound a little crazy um you know you think that a lot what, what people I think realize and as they go through and just people I work with is that they don't realize that you're not thinking about what you're thinking about and to the analogy of what you just spoke of you're not realizing that you're the problem all these negative thoughts that are coming into your mind, you're allowing them to manifest. And beyond that, you know, when we have an even deeper self-realization, we learn that, you know, it's kind of like in the movies when somebody's eating ice cream because they're depressed, mm-hmm. right? Um, or it's just, or maybe you do it as a as a trigger for you want happy. You, you're looking for happy. So you're some people, the people who are like addicted to food and they always need to eat. So um, as you were saying that, I'm thinking of just like the thoughts and how we don't realize we're putting all these negative thoughts into our body, into our body. So when we hear affirmations, it's like, but it feels like a lie to say, I am great. I am confident. It feels, and it's like, but that's natural though. Like you should be ease, calm and flow, right? It's, it's almost like we have to rewire ourselves to be who we are. So as you were saying that, I'm just like, yes, 
Yes, that makes so much sense. Um, and I think people need to start. People really don't give themselves enough credit. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was I was gonna say people don't get themselves enough of credit to be realistic about life, right? So if you want to do the math about life, you live with your parents from zero to eighteen. So that whole time you're living under the conditions of your family and how they're teaching you. You're not even yourself yet. Then you go for eighteen, mm-hmm. maybe twenty-five to be rebellious to figure it out for yourself. So you're basically going against everything that your parents told you, or you're continuing to do everything that they told you, whether it's go to college and get an education, go to be a doctor or do this. So from zero to 25, it's not your life. So when that aha moment come or that figure thing out where you're like, you know, I'm gonna start making decisions for my life. You really zero years old at 25. So yeah. now you zero at 25 trying to figure it out. So when you do have these thoughts, it's normal to have these thoughts because you haven't ever thought on your own for a long period of time where you can feel like you got ownership of your life. I'm 31, I'm just hitting it. Like I'm just at that point where I can say, every decision that I'm making now is based on me, from my experiences, my failures, my lessons, what I've unlearned. So people have to give themselves a little bit more of a rope to say, that's okay. Like, it's okay, it's okay. You're. It takes a long time to get to this point. So like. If you figured out at 18 that you was living your moms and dads and all your parents' life, it might take you to 36 to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're trying, it's like you can't be so hard on yourself to be like, it's okay to have those thoughts because you're learning from everybody else and you didn't tap in. I think the key to life is when you figure it out for yourself. We always want to figure it out because when you're 30, your life is going to be different than when you're 40. Because when you're 50 now, you got to figure out what type of Cadillac you want to drive. Or you want to figure out what type of toothpick or what type of old store, whether it's home goods or Ross you want to go to. So your life is always going to be elevating. So you never have to know it all. It's always going to be a figure out thing. So if people step back and say that I'm not perfect and things are going to come and I'm trying to do the things the right way, just trying this. I think that's the essential part of just, just period. Drink water. I don't know. <laughs> yes. And definitely go get the power of being alone. I don't want to give it all away because it is a very short and sweet book that really just knocks home a few um, solid, solid concepts. Um, and it's funny because actually that's what the basis of that discussion really was. Like when we met on Clubhouse, it was that, you know, you don't know everything. And, and really uh, for the for the young lady who had started the room, I think the, I don't remember even what the question was that she was asking us. Oh, um, right. Taylor. Yep. Yep. But um, that that sense of we feel like actually even realizing that you're not thinking in your own mind, <laughs> right? That that self realization of I'm I'm not even thinking the way like I've never thought for myself, you know. And it's funny that you say 25 because I feel like that's probably as much as I did know, and I've always been somewhat wise. And I'm surprised you're only 31. Um, I still, you know, I think when I was 25, that's when a new level of maturity hit, you know, and a new level of wisdom and a new level of, I got to move different. And I can't talk about this and, and not really be about it and, and, and create, cause it creates contradiction within yourself, regardless of what it creates for the world. It's a contradiction of yourself, um, which to me creates friction, right. And, and the pain that we experience. So, um, you know, I'm only 33, but I think for the, for the, for the wise and just living life, it is definitely important to remember everything is a stepping stone. 
Like mm-hmm. somebody said to me yesterday, I got on Clubhouse and I'm like, listen, look, listen, God, I just want to serve. So whoever showed up to this Clubhouse and I just showed up, I made my tea and I said, I'm going to just talk to people for about- oh, I was in there. You were in there? Oh yeah, you did pop in. I meant to be like, why did you leave? <laughs> I was like, I, I, I don't want to, because I was trying to listen to hear how you talk. So I was trying to figure out how I was going to approach this. I said, I got to get away because I don't even want to overthink it. But I wanted to be in there, but I was like, I don't want to overthink it because I'm in oh, here. Oh, you should have came and just dropped it. Oh man, you be dropping it on folks. You should have came and dropped it. I would love to have had you um, stay a little bit. But one of the ladies has said, you know, um, well, I want to let go, you know, it, it, you know, let go of the anxiety and like, did I make the wrong decision? And I have this meditation where I had said a long time ago, this one I recorded, it said, you know, every decision I make, even if it's the wrong decision, it's the right decision. And that sounds so conflicted, but it's not, right? Because everything is always hopefully guiding you back to yourself if you allow it. So if you decide to make a move and you realize that move is wrong, at, you know, there's a lesson to learn and to grow to come back to self right um so i just think it's just interesting um it just even in your book but even the, the first part that just had me and i almost was chuckling as i was reading it was like drink water <laughs> because even as i'm kind of on like a social media cleanse but just just to hit it home with people you know i just know that there's so many times just like from a a, a physical level that we're anxious or tired or angry or even when you think you're hungry a lot of times you're actually really thirsty. You're dehydrated, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, um, and I know you also speak about in your book of having, um, you had a diagnosis as well. Yep. Yeah, uh, I got uh, diagnosed with stage four uh, kidney disease. Mm-hmm. It was actually stage four. I found out today that I'm stage four. I thought I was stage three, but I'm stage four. Mm-hmm. So it's like, dial, like, a cough and it's like you you think you got it all under control you think everything is good but like you don't understand until you go through things how it can change your life and as you said that like being muslim talkers it's called the cutter of Allah, which is basically the will of god like what's supposed to happen is supposed to happen regardless if you want it to happen so you driving down the street and you late to the barbershop you're like yo man i almost died no you didn't you didn't almost die that doesn't make sense. You didn't almost die. Cause if you were supposed to die, you would have died. So that's not even real. So you, I just bring it on. I just bring it on. I, I got to a point, I wrote this in well, my book that's coming out in May. I wrote this in the book. Your sneakers, your white sneakers only get dirty when you focus on keeping them clean. Mm. They stay clean when you just walk, walk in your purpose. So I know that I'm resilient. So therefore what's for me, is supposed to take me out. If this is supposed to kill me, that's what's supposed to happen. I don't have no control over that. Worry about what you can control. So for me, it's like, they hit me with it. Usually people pass out and all that. I was like, okay. And the lady, you can hear it kind of like, excuse my French, pussyfooting around. Well, I just want to, I don't want you. Listen, you don't know me. I'm not a person that's going to pass out here. Just tell me what it is. And then you're going to be surprised by my next question. So she said, you got stage four kidney disease. I said, okay, so what do I got to do to live? That's it. I don't want to, it's, it's for me. My book is already written and I believe it. So what I can't eat, what I can't do, what I can't drink, what I can't smoke, whatever, tell me. And I'll, I'll do that because that's what I'm supposed to do because that's how it's supposed to go. So for me, the toughest part is telling people that because you automatically get this, oh, this pity party thing. Like you can see my face now. My face is never this big. Like because of the medication that I take, it makes my face and I have a whole lot of fluid on my body, but 
it is what it is. Like people are like, yo, you looking good now. You got that weight on your face. I'm like, okay, thank you. Like, I just, I just can't allow that thing. Cause I got kids to look after and, I, and they're my motivational factor too, because it's tough. It's, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's not hard. Like I can't have, like this me telling you what I can't have can go for four hours. So I'm gonna keep it low <laughs> phosphorus diet. So I can't have no dairy. I can't have nothing processed. I can't have nothing from restaurants. I can't have nothing takeout. Um, I can't have spaghetti sauce. I can't have bananas, oranges, watermelon. I can't have grapefruits. Nothing with salt in it. I'm gonna have two grams of salt a day. I can only have two grams of potassium a day. I'm gonna have two grams of phosphorus a day. So if you look at everything on the back of anything you buy at the store, a pack of oodles and noodles that I grew up on that disgusts me now. And it makes you more smart because I don't pay attention to stuff. I used to see people in this market when I used to work at Walmart, I'd be like, why you keep looking at the back? Just buy the joint. You want it, you just buy it. They looking at the sodium and all of that. And I should have been looking at this years ago. A pack of noodles, like oodles and noodles, the ramen noodles has 1,100 milligrams of sodium in one pack. And when I grew up, we would eat two packs of those two hot dogs and a Pepsi. And add some seasoning to it. <laughs> and add some hot sauce to it and some extra stuff to it. Obey all of that. Right, right. It's not good, right? So now I can only have two grams of salt a day, which is 2,000 milligrams. So I can have maybe 500 for breakfast, 500 for lunch, 500 for dinner. And then that other 500 that's left, that's for my snacks throughout the course of the day. It's tough. But like, I look at it like, I try to look at everything in the best way. I look at it as like, it's people out here that's 50 and 60 that have been eating bad their whole life that if you gave them this diagnosis, they know that they can't do it. I'm 31 and I said, I'm just going to eat right. Just eat right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's basically how I look at it. And it's been more and so many people. Like I got people send me DMs every day. Look at these chips I used to eat. Look, look at what I'm looking at. I used to eat these thinking that this was good. And it's, it's, it's we could talk about this stuff so much. I, I would talk your head off, but like, it's not that we're dumb as people. We just not paying attention. We just allow people to tell us what it is, right? So you get like a naked juice that you think is like super healthy and it's trash. Like they they appeal to people to be like super like healthy, but it's not, it's not, it's bad stuff. They had stories out. So it's like, I just want people to watch what they eat. Like my wife, they go out for crab night. You eat crabs, you're a crab person? I, I do, I okay. do. So I'm sorry, this is gonna hurt your heart, but okay. go out. <laughs> You get a container, you get your crab legs, you got your broccoli, you got your corn, your, I don't know, the egg now, you got your mussels, you got your shrimp, you put in all that in the container, you got your girlfriends, y'all got your wine, y'all kiki. That one meal, if you want to call it, is my whole salt intake for one month. That's what you eat one time for an hour. That's my salt intake for a whole month. Cause you got all that butter, you got all that salt, you got all that seasoning, you got all, it's potatoes. I can't have potatoes. I can't have French fries, no pizza. So much of that stuff, we don't even pay attention to it because us, we just ate it all our lives. That's why we got blood pressure problems and heart problems and all that. But drink water and pay attention to what you're eating. Not saying don't stop, don't not eat it, but like we got to eat things in moderation because too much of stuff, I'm giving too much of my book away, the new one. Mm. too much of anything to kill you mm, for sure for sure and that's a fact honestly i went to school um i went to syracuse university for a little bit and i was i, I thought say, I that's to- you 
Yeah, as you, I wanted to be a forensic scientist until I realized I can't do I can't do the dead the dead the dead people scenes and go home after I watched a woman put her baby in the oven and shit. I was like, no, nah, this ain't for me. I, my heart my heart would break over, and I would probably I saw myself in the future being a full full blown alcoholic. So I was like, this is not the line of work for me. But what they teach you is that you literally could overdose from anything. You could overdose from strawberries. If you had too many strawberries, you could totally overdose from strawberries. So that perspective was just like, whoa, you know, it just puts like a, a cap on just like the way we think about things. And I'm totally a moderation person. Mm -hmm. So I don't, you know, I don't overindulge in things. And I think that's why I stay so healthy is because I, I really do have a sense of moderation with things. Um, and by default, I have a very... Uh, what do people do now? Fasting diet. Like I, I, that's by default, the way that my body likes to eat. So I guess I'm, I'm, I'm pretty in tune to a degree. I do know, um, you know, that this is just places more emphasis. And I love connecting with people because what I know to be true is that we expand more by allowing other people to bring their thoughts, their thought processes and their experience into our experience. So I just wanna thank you for that today. And as you're talking, I'm like, damn, what does he eat? Like, what is your, what does your day look like? Like, damn, like, is it like a few crackers and like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, a stuff. cause they tell me, they say, well, you, you, your diet is way more strict than we like. You can have four, four crackers or you can have a granola at one, I can't, I, I'm not even going to play with myself. And I, I, I said that, I told somebody, like, I want to try cocaine. I just really do. I just want to try it. Everybody likes it. I like it. But I cannot believe that if I try it, I won't get hooked when I see millions of people doing it. So I'm just going to stay away, even though I want to try it, just to see what everybody else, but I'm scared if I try it, I might get addicted. So I'm not going to eat one Dorito. Like, it's no point to do that to myself and tease myself. Right. I've never seen a family-sized Dorito bag on top of a refrigerator. I've always saw a person open the bag and it you treat it like a 25-cent bag. It's a wrap. Like, as soon as you open right. it, it's done. So I'm not even going <laughs> to... I was reading a book by um, Cal Newport called Digital Minimalism. Have you heard of that book? No. It's a great book. Uh, I, I'll send you the, the name of it. Basically... I'll write it down. He's a guy who basically would not let Facebook and Instagram and all of these things... He said when Facebook and stuff came out, he let his friends do it for like two years and he was just watching them before he got on it. And he said that he saw how it changed his friends and family. Mm. So he talked about the scientists and the science in Pringles. Like the, the, the slogan was, once you stop or once you pop, you can't stop. Yeah, once that, you pop, one don't stop. <laughs> right. So we looking at it, they got a cool jingle and all of that. We looking at it like that's a fun song, but they designed it that way. So they put enough salt, they put enough crunch into it that plays with not your lymph nodes, that plays with your dopamine levels that cause you to eat more. Mm. Like you ain't never seen no Pringles on top of refrigerators chilling. As soon as them joints pop, you can't stop because they designed it that way. So being understanding of the things that they design, you just want to be in front of it and know it. So they, he tells you that Instagram isn't for us. Instagram is for the advertisers, how they did it. So everything is by design. They design everything. So to be in front of everything, you got to, like I say in my book, question everything and look into everything. Because I know that I'm addicted to Instagram. But since I read his book, I know why I'm addicted to Instagram and I give myself that choice. So all I want is the choice. I just don't want to be a zombie just like, mm. like I watch people on Instagram and it was like this. Mm -hmm. I said, they got you. 
they just flicking, 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 flicking. I know the impact of what Instagram is doing. So I try to go around it as best as possible. Mm. See, I knew why we were best friends. You just said one of my favorite things. So one of these uh, quotes that I live by, and then we're going to have you close out with just something, some, something prolific for the, for the audience. But one of my favorite quotes that I heard when I was 15, because um, I've always been... <clears throat> the the out of the box thinker too the one who just says things and for my whole life up until like recent years where all the shit that people talking about is now cool um I've always been told I was weird you know like the minute I open my mouth and I'm talking about some people like you're so weird I swear I heard that my whole life so I would just be like you know what just just keep keep the shit to yourself people ain't ready for it you know Mm -hmm. and I've learned so much that way just in general just being solo you know and just observing people I love observing people I'm definitely a people watcher um, one of my favorite quotes is question everything you've been told and dismissed with insult your soul by Walt Whitman. And, and the minute I heard it, I was like, that's me. Like, that's me. Cause you can't tell me nothing. And I'm just like, nah, son, that don't resonate with me at all. <laughs> like, I hear you, but like that don't resonate with me. And I'm cool with that. And I'm cool. With, like, just not, not, not accepting that. And I'm cool. You know, that's, that's fine with me. That allows me to walk to the beat of my own drum. So I love you even mentioning that. Cause I know that whether it's, um, stepping into our power there's all these that's part of stepping into your power is knowing how you are being manipulated to buy to spend to spend time on social media apps honestly that's why I had to step away because I'm like okay Ab, you're going you know as you become more successful quotes you are stepping into a, um, a feeling that I don't that I don't vibrate and I don't vibrate in anxiety. So if I'm feeling that, it's like, okay, let's just step back, reclaim our power. And again, like you said, have the choice of like, okay, if I choose to be on Instagram for 30 minutes, checking out my people's content and, and engaging in Chad shit, then that's cool because I know he pours into my mental health, you know, and not realize, we don't realize you're literally, you know, you start feeling some way and you don't realize you just, you just watched, you know, 50 different posts and, and took in their beliefs and their whatever and you're not realizing it's truly affecting your mental health so I love that you just kind of like gave us that point because people need to really step into that power and recognize um the influence that uh social media has over us and to be intentional right just 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 to live an intentional life and that's where I'm at like everything has to be intentional I even have a clock where just not to go too far left and I'll let you close it out. But I, I had to get to a point where I was telling even some of my clients, you know, you got to treat yourself even like a child. So the things we do with child, children, we set limits and, and, and all these different things. Like as adults, sometimes the, the reason why we're not successful is because we're not disciplined enough. You're not disciplined. And to me, I want to be disciplined so we can go back to the first thing, which is a self-master. I want to master myself. So sometimes in order for me to start mastering myself and for that thing to become natural, um, you know, I have a bedtime set on my phone where my phone just shuts off. I don't know if you have an iPhone, but you could set a bedtime where it's like at 1230, my phone just stop. I don't want to stay up till three in the morning anymore. I don't want to be go hard or go home. I want to get my sleep. I want to go to bed. Um, when I said I would go to bed and not be uh, indulging in work or whatever it is, um, and I and I want to be able to, uh, I even have time limits for apps, like three hours for apps seems like a long time. But when that alarm is going off and it's like, yo, you got uh, 10 minutes left, <laughs> you know, I'm like, damn, it's really already been three hours already. But just to see how much we consume and sometimes we're not as mindful of how much time is passing in a day that you're spending on it. So to me, I want to be very intentional and make sure that I am spending my time 
um, just focused on growing and expansion. And this is totally part of that. So I just want to know what is one last amazing thing you can leave my audience with and then also you know obviously let us know where to find you um how to connect with you i'll leave all this i'll leave all of this in the show notes as well um so you guys could definitely find it and obviously you know i'll be tagging him on social media um but uh what is one last thought you would like to leave us with for the the i'm gonna give you a quote because you gave me a quote walt whitman is close to where i live to the bridge but uh quote that i uh, that i like don't cry because it's over smile because it's happened because it happened by dr seuss right (laughs) which will lead me into my last thing right we have to and this is where i'm at in life we have to focus on moments like sometimes my wife she gets really annoyed and i've been doing it probably for like the last two months maybe three months i'll stare at her like just stare at her i like gawk over her like an eagle looking for a snake i'm just staring at her (laughs) And it makes her so uncomfortable, but I'm smiling the whole time. It's like one of those weird looks. Yeah. But it's me creating Instagram with my mind and my heart. Mm. I'm creating moments that I can only have in my head, right? So it's these reels that I'm creating. I'm blinking. I'm literally looking at her blinking. And I'm just like, stop clock world. Be invested and be intentional in this moment to realize that this is a great moment so many times dang bro i should have called you more or i should have been there or I should, so many times we live with regret because we don't feel like we did what we were supposed to do but when you focus on the moment if i get to meet you in person and i give you a hug that moment will be secured with me forever that hug is forever that that hug is something that i as long as God gives me the opportunity to remember that's what i'm going to remember that moment the only thing in the world that you have when you 70 80 90 in the wheelchair living life sleep can't think if you got your brain you got the moments so create those moments and look at every moment is fun if a friend come over to get a toothbrush because you got an extra one take that moment and say remember when he came over here and got that toothbrush that was decent so create all of these collages of slideshows in your mind and your heart and you will take advantage of all opportunities and moments because they are a moment you never get on a boat by yourself, you just walking down the street, get on a boat and you on a boat with your favorite person, whether it's Jay-Z or Warren Buffett, that moment can't be shared with nobody else. It's all for you. Create the moments for thyself and thyself will be able to get through anything off of the life of, of, of don't fear fear, fear regret. So do it to the fullest and I appreciate you. I'm on Instagram, Blackie Chad, that's B-L-A-C-K-Y Chad, C-H-A-D on Instagram. My book is in the bio, it's a link tree that has my candles and my book. And everything that I do, I would love for people to follow me. I love this. I'm so gracious for this opportunity. So what I'm going to do is if anybody who listens to this amazing, so soulful, so eccentric, so great podcast, right? When you listen to it, the first three people that email you or DM you, I will send them my book for free. The first three, because I just want people, I want it out there, but I know that like it has so much more value than money. And I know some people are like kind of apprehensive about the hardest part about being who we are is that it's so many bad representations of the people that look like us, right? So you tread carefully with your money. People, you, you buy something, you don't get a confirmation number. People don't tell you when they are sending it. Like you got to wait a month and a half. I'm not like that. So 
to build trust, you got to give trust. So I trust in my product and I'm willing to give it to three of your people. I don't care who it is. You can email me and tell me who they are and I can send it to them and I'll send you my book. Fall in love with the book. Fall in love with me. Fall in love with the journey, whatever it takes. But I'll tell you again, F, we are besties. Like I got yeah. your number now. I'm not going to say it on here because I don't want everybody to have your number, but like I'll be texting you way more often. We got a link. We need to do one clubhouse every two weeks. Whatever yes. we do, we can do it. We can do tea time. I'll actually start drinking not tea i'll drink hot water and lemon okay because <laughs> that lifting ain't right but <laughs> we yes, yes. It out. but yeah i really appreciate this opportunity i'm so i excited. appreciate you too i appreciate you too and I, I really know you know this is the thing you know i'm a source of just like when i hear people talk i don't you know i'm not trying to get at this point I'm, i don't care how many people followers people got I don't care about any of that you know it's really just we have so many great minds that are circulating around and I know that when we open our minds our minds and our hearts up to hear and to be in, in spaces you know I'm able to hear it like oh my god people have to know this person and you speak life you are someone who speaks prana energy into whoever you talk to right that's your gift right that is your gift so you know I pray for healing over your kidneys because I know also even though it is an experience you're experiencing I do know we have the power to heal Um, I I do know that as a fact so I just speak healing and light over your kidneys Um, for those of you definitely DM me to get his book even if you get it for free, I still want you to go buy it. Because I know as a culture, we got to stop that shit. Like, we got to stop looking at our people. Because that's one of the things we do. We look at our people. And if our people are selling a t-shirt and we feel like it's too much or the shipping is too much, we don't buy it. Stop that shit. Like, stop. Buy your people's stuff. Like, period. Like, that's it. I just don't, I don't care if your book was, like, I, I, I'm trying even for me to get out of that mentality. Not I, I am getting out of that mentality of like, you know, I go, my homegirl was selling a t-shirt and she's like, oh, sweater. She told me it was $65, you know? And the first thing in my mind was like 65. Then I'm like, it's worth it. Like, I don't care if it's made out of straw. Like, that's my homegirl. And the fact, and I know what it means as a small business when people buy from me and not even the fact of like the money, but like, yay, like, yeah, you yay. Believe, you believe it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a hopeful feeling like, yay, they, 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 they dig it, you know? So definitely also check him out. He got some great candles. I got myself a candle. He even went the extra mile. Y'all, can I just tell you about this brother here? This King, <laughs> this brother went the extra mile. His Sunday playlist got like 24 hours. I think it was like 20, 21 hours worth of song. So I appreciate people's time of what they pour and intention. They pour into things that really sticks out to me. That really sticks out to me. And you could get, you get the candle in the mail and thank you for the extra candle, by the way. Um, so you get the candle in the mail. And he also has a, 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 a code you can scan and you get a full playlist with your candle. Like that's dope. Like that's just so dope. So please support him. Please support him. Buy a few candles. Honestly, it's a vibe. And when you get in the space of vibrating with higher vibrating individuals, this is really how we, we not only change the world, but we have to start with our own lives our own lives and that really happens with expansion by being around people who are willing to expand and who are leaning into their expansion this this conversation was vulnerable it was authentic it was just truthful and I know my audience follows me and loves me because I try to stay in that authentic lane of just real shit all the time you know so I just want to thank you for your presence I want to thank you for all that you do and your willingness to just show up in greatness 
and greatness and pure greatness of I am. And that's powerful. And I know my audience is going to feel it. Definitely make sure y'all follow him, like his stuff, purchase his stuff, get a few of it. Um, keep ordering, get your playlist. I got my candle right here. I'll probably light it as soon as I end. But thank you so much for your time. Um, as you all know, your payment for this podcast, obviously you can support the podcast if you want. But beyond that, uh, your payment is Oh, look at the cute dog <laughs> is uh, leaving a review, subscribing to the podcast, sharing it with your friends, sharing it with your family, um, because you can't keep the good stuff to yourself. And as much as you think people won't want to hear it or aren't open to it, you just never know. You never know what message will really stick out to somebody. So I thank you. And I know I don't know what people took from this. I know what I took from this is just just that I am that I am of like, I am, and I'm powerful. And, and, and that's just that. So I think it's funny that we, and I'll end it with this. It's funny that we didn't have, you didn't have a bio because after that experience with my friend, as I shared when we were in the car and we're all introducing ourselves, I said, you know what? I just need to announce myself as what I am, which really is someone who brings light into dark rooms. That's all I am. Like, I don't know what else I am. I do, I do all these other things and I'm always doing something new, but I bring light into dark rooms. That's it you know so i thank you for giving me permission say that again i made somebody in that car feel the way you just don't know it (laughs) it's all right (laughs) but um i thank you for just giving me permission to like that's gonna be my elevator pitch just from now on out i I don't got nothing else to say um but i just thank you i thank you for your time um and i thank you all for listening thank you so much and have an amazing amazing grand 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 day night wherever you're at in the world thank you for listening um share like follow subscribe um we love you all have an amazing day Thank you for tuning in to Soul Chat with your host, Ebony Tatora. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, leave a review, and if you love it, share it with your friends. And make sure you join us next week for another conversation with your soul, bringing you thought-provoking conversations that require you to look a little bit deeper than the surface.